Welcome to Casually Philosophic, a podcast where we learn to give ourselves the credit we deserve. My name is Carmen. And I'm Ginny, and we'll be spending our Friday evenings sharing our thoughts on all things casually philosophic. Okay, so for this podcast, we're going to explore the phenomenon of imposter syndrome, or also known as the imposter phenomenon. Um, I think... Carmel, would you like to give us the formal definition of this syndrome and yeah. we can start from there? Yeah. Um, so we were definitely, we were researching, um, you know, topics to look into. And I think based on, you know, the few, um, our past few episodes, we thought that imposter syndrome would be um, an interesting topic to explore, especially because a lot of the um, the content we, dis- we uh, um, discussed in the past definitely fell in line with this. So For a general context, imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others may perceive you to be. While this definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it has links to perfectionism and the societal and the social context. So being, I think we can relate to being first year university students, but just also experiencing like all these um, things where we or having all these experiences where we are placed in different group settings or different social situations where we may feel like a fraud internally but still externally putting up like a facade where we look like we belong here. I think both Carmen and I have a good amount of experience just feeling like we're not really enough yeah. sometimes or and maybe I think- a lot of the times. Yeah. That's yeah, that's true. I think it, it's very dependent on the like the circumstance and situation. Mm-hmm. And I think just to start off, my initial thought is I believe that maybe one reason that maybe both us and other people who experience imposter syndrome, the reason that might be is because um, just as a part of the growing process, I think over time as we develop as individuals, like you know from one phase of life to the next phase of life, we're given a certain new set of responsibilities. And so I feel that in that growing process, it's sometimes hard for us to conceptualize and come to terms with the fact that we're growing up. And sometimes mentally, our brain might be playing tricks on us that, you know, like we try to connect our external experiences with our internal reality. And I feel like, you know, sometimes as we mature into adults and young adults, you know, entering university and all that, I feel that imposter syndrome kind of is that sort of disconnect that happens when we feel that the responsibilities we're given, um, you know, and compared to what we feel internally, there's a disconnect there. So I think that's probably why it's being talked about a lot more. Um, It's more in the mainstream because people kind of are able to relate to that experience, I guess, and maybe growing up and not feeling that you know, the position you are in your life, you don't feel that you belong there. And I think that's maybe one reason that it's just a growing process. And I think I want to add on to that growing process where there is definitely that like expectation or responsibility that you're given and that like the value of it or the weight of it increases as you kind of head on with your life and like with all these things that you're expected to do there's also the thing of like during this growing process and knowing the responsibility that responsibilities that you have that you really have to put out this like image that you do have it together and like the fear of being vulnerable in front of other people will also seem like 
they belong or that they know exactly what they're doing kind of forces you to have like a disconnect with what you show to other people and what you really feel on the inside. I think that really brings out the imposter syndrome, especially when you're kind of taking that all in for yourself and you're the only person who knows that like how much you're really worth or how much you have really experienced. So um, a while ago, I was talking to my, uh, the academic advisor in my university and talking a bit about like, like what first year university has been like so far. And also feeling just like, I feel like I might not be um, like as good as other people or like just feeling inferior in some way, shape or form. And what he said to me and what a lot of people really do say is that oftentimes like people are really good at showing that they have themselves they have everything together they're like on top of everything and all that but really they're experiencing probably the same as you are and you probably give out the same vibe to other people or like the same feeling to other people too so I feel like oftentimes we really want to show off to other people that you are doing okay or that you are really confident in yourself but internally it might not be like that so I think it's really good to be vulnerable and open up about what you really feel and what you are really experiencing in certain situations so I'm glad to I guess take this opportunity to discuss some of our uh, some of our experiences um with imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. I think um Another part is that the way that society is structured, like whether it be like in our school, in our workplaces in general, like we're kind of taught and programmed to always give like the highlight reel of everything. And I think that's, that's definitely something that contributes to us comparing like our down parts to like people's highlight reel. And I think it just goes back to that same thing. And I think that like, um, we're often taught to be like, oh, you know, it's okay like you should be your own competition and, you know, don't compare yourself. But I think it's at least for, um, I think it goes for a lot of people that it's, it gets hard to do that, especially when you're convinced that what you see is reality and you feel that the people around you are in the same boat as you. So you start the automatic comparison, whether it be your classmates, whether it be the people you work with, whether it be your, you know, relatives or whoever it is. And I think that it's so easy to fall into that like hole of comparison, which I think is a very big contributor to imposter syndrome is seeing the qualities that other people have that are in the same position as you and thinking how you can improve. And I think that's also another big misconception. Um, for me personally, when I think of imposter syndrome, um, I was thinking back to maybe a year or two ago of what my mentality was. And I think one of the misconceptions that I told myself was that, oh, I'm, I'm helping myself to improve. Like I'm looking for room for improvement, room to grow. And therefore I'm being this harsh on myself. I was justifying why I was doing that. And looking back now, I realized that that was either my ego or something in me convincing myself that it was okay to compare myself right in line with people. Whereas in reality, number one, I was being really hard on myself because like we, like I just mentioned that it's unfair to compare like apples to oranges, but number two, it also gave way to self-criticism and not validating 
or even acknowledging the experiences or the accomplishments or the positive aspects of your personality. And I think that the second you get into the loophole of seeing the lack in you, it almost is like an invitation for the criticism and the inferiority and all that. So I think that overall, yeah, it's, it's definitely propagated by society, but I think like in its extreme case, it can definitely lead to like a lot of self-criticism. Yeah. You were mentioning comparing yourself to other people. And I feel like that's a really major part of like us defining our own success right now. Like whether that is at school or having like personal development, there's always that tendency to like wanting to see where you are and where you, where you're placed. Um, and by doing that, by really finding that out, the only thing sometimes that you can do is kind of comparing yourself to where other people are are in certain situations. And I feel like definitely like pros and cons to that, you get the motivation. But like, as you said, going down to that loophole and sometimes it's really hard to crawl out of it and really see the worth or value in yourself and crediting your experiences. So maybe let's, I'm not too sure if you'll be comfortable sharing, but what were some, I guess, experiences that you've had with imposter syndrome that might've made you to realize, oh, I'm, this is, I'm experiencing this right now. I shouldn't be feeling like this, or this is really hindering um, my, my experience or my view of, yeah. Yeah. I think the funny thing about imposter syndrome is like I mentioned before, it took the form of self-improvement for me. It's to me in my mind, it was myself telling myself that you're looking for ways to improve and grow. And therefore you're being hyper-focused on other people because you're trying to see the good qualities in people and you're trying to um, take those and see how you can apply them. And I think that was the biggest mistake I made. And in the moment I didn't realize And to be quite honest, I don't think I would have known about imposter syndrome until I came across the word. So like, for example, I didn't acknowledge it was a bad habit and then seek out what it was. It was instead of reverse. So I heard the word imposter syndrome and then I was like, oh, that applies to me. And I think had there not been an introduction of the concept, I would have never known it was imposter syndrome. Um, And I think on that note, I don't think there's ever a moment where I was like, oh, I identified imposter syndrome and I have, you know, managed to overcome it because I've detected it. I think it's a gradual process. And I also think that it's, it's not one of those things where, you know, you can easily kind of hop over it because ultimately what it is, it's a form of programming your mind. It's like a loop that you've been repeating in your mind over and over again. And to automatically cut off a loop is definitely really challenging. So even the smallest things of, you know, maybe you've reached, um, you know, some good position in a club, like for example, in school, maybe you've, you know, you've contributed to a major project. Maybe you've done really well on an assignment. Maybe you've uh, put yourself out there and you've connected with unique people and different people. And you wonder, do I even fit in this group of people? Because do I deserve to you know, being the presence of these people that are so much more smarter than me. Um, I think for Ginny and I, we were both in a program that was very academically oriented and attracted a lot of people that were very academically focused, but not just that, they were just uh, very talented people overall, you know? And I think for me personally, 
as a matter of fact, when I got in, um, I was very shocked. I didn't know I, I got into the school because there was an application process for this school. Um, I was very surprised. I remember going around and people were saying, oh, well, congratulations. And I would say, oh, no, 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 trust me. Like I got in by fluke. Like, like it wasn't meant to be like, you don't understand. Like I definitely messed up in like this section of the, you know, the test. Like I definitely messed up here. I don't know how I got in. They took me in by accident. Like it was literally something I was telling, you know, my friends from elementary school when they asked. And that was a narrative I repeated up until like grade 11, honestly. And then towards my last year, when I think we were like winding down and graduation was happening and, you know, we were reflecting on what we've accomplished as a cohort, as you know, the class, like the, you know, international baccalaureate program, like how esteemed it is and what we went through, like for these four years, like it's an accomplishment. And I think I started to put things more in perspective. And as I saw myself, and I think the problem was that I never saw myself as an equal compared to my classmates in the beginning. But I think over the years, as I started to do the same, you know, the same tasks and the same assignments and projects and courses. We did all the same things together. And I think it slowly started to dawn upon me that I'm as equally as competent in my own right and shouldn't even be thinking I'm inferior in any sense because inferior for what? Because of my own perception? Because look at the facts. I am where I am. I put in the same amount of work as anyone else would. And so I feel that it definitely took a while, but it definitely settled in that one of the best ways to identify that I was experiencing imposter syndrome was to recognize that where I am is meant to be, that everything is meant to be. If you got in, it was meant to be. If you didn't get in, that was also meant to be. And I think wholeheartedly accepting the current situation helped me a lot to come to terms with the fact that, oh, it was a mistake. Oh, it was by chance. And I think busting the luck factor from a lot of different scenarios helped me to realize that everything was meant to be. There was no mistake. If they chose you, they chose you. That was the final verdict. And that's not something that you should even be thinking of refuting because if it happened, it happened. And if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. I think just accepting reality helped a lot. And yeah, I think that it's definitely not something that's very easy to overcome. But I think by identifying it in your day-to-day -day situations, it helps a lot to gradually overcome that and explain to yourself and reflecting back at yourself, like what you're good at. And yeah. So I really like that you mentioned like identifying where you are and like reflecting back on yourself. And I feel like that awareness is really important, especially like in when you're trying to improve yourself and rid yourself of any negative thinking patterns that you may have that may hinder you with whatever goal that you want to have or want to achieve and I think there are a few things I want to go into I'm not too sure if my brain is active enough to kind of you know pinpoint all of them that that, that popped up during what you said but um, I think I'll start with I've had a very similar experience going to the IB program but I guess a little different initially so I lived in a region that was not like the region that where I could have taken the IB entrance exam I'm not too sure if we mentioned IB earlier but like the entrance exam for the program so actually and I haven't really told many people about this but um I took I an, uh, like an IB exam for another school and then after that I moved into like the region school board and once deciding that 
like I'm I'm living in the area now, and instead I might be going to the school instead, um, due to like more of a living distance and traveling distance kind of a factor. Um, like we talked to like when we were first entering uh, like entering and taking courses, and choosing what courses I want to take for like the first grade nine semester or first grade nine year. Talked to the vice principal, I believe at the time is. And they were like, oh, so you did the IB exam. Like, and then we were like, oh, is it possible to also like, I, I guess kind of transfer it here? And mind you, the, I think the exam process was quite different between the two. So I haven't actually done the entrance exam for this specific school, which was a really big factor into like the whole imposter syndrome thing across my four years of high school. And it definitely gradually got better as I realized I'm able to work on the same level as all my peers that I really thought really highly of in the, in the beginning. Um, but there was also a lot of struggle in the process and a lot of like thinking that I'm not enough, and especially when you're in a place where like you kind of, it really did feel like love, luck and it really does feel like luck. And it probably is luck for all I know. Um, but it just really feels like I don't really deserve what I got. But as we continue, I continued, I kind of just thought I was given the opportunity, so I will use it as best I can to really move on and kind of transferring to other areas where, you know, applying to leadership positions and kind of moving up in like extracurriculars um, or even all the way until getting a university acceptance where this I worked hard for for all my four years of high school and like I participated in all these extracurriculars and I wrote all the applications I mean participating in extracurriculars not just because of you know applications but definitely a factor especially in last year um, but like all these hard work I've put in and all everything that I've experienced really had a result I remember hearing that I got into like my top program more like the one that I really want to go to go in. And I was like, really relieved. <laughs> and like, okay, this is, I'm glad that I have a feature now and it's not going to be too terrible because the whole process, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get into university. And that was a legit concern. Not too sure about you, but <laughs> yeah, I remember receiving that acceptance letter and thinking in the subsequent weeks, like, what if I get, another letter or response saying, oh, we sent this by mistake. And it was, it felt, I mean, looking back, it kind of, it sounds ridiculous, but I understand why I felt it at the time. And even now participating in, especially group projects where everywhere else, being a first year, it feels oftentimes like, hmm, I don't know if I'm enough to contribute to this or to belong here. So yeah, definitely a lot of experience over the years and seeing how it has, has affected me, um, but definitely being aware of it really helps in me giving myself a, a bit more credit. And even if that doesn't really work, then thinking, think about the people who helped you get here, who did accept you. Maybe give the person who read my application and thought, I know this person can, can belongs in my program, maybe give them a, 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 some credit 
that even if you don't really believe your own skills, you know that somewhere out there, someone believed in you and at least give them the credit for making that judgment. So I think that was one of the factors that really helps in like if really worse goes to worse, at least there's someone. Yeah, I think another thing about imposter syndrome is obviously you feel like your skill sets or qualifications are lacking compared to the mm-hmm. people around you. And I think I've been thinking about like my position as a first year and you know navigating the future roles that I'm going to be taking and future opportunities that I want to get involved in. And I realized that and again, I was just like, you know, thinking and you know, dreaming about like, you know, the diff- like the different things I want to like get involved in in university. And I realized that in almost every stage or every um, every position that I kind of aspired to achieve, I realized that when applying for that, I would feel imposter syndrome because my current self doesn't feel like I have the necessary necessary skills for it. And I think it's also dawning upon me again I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this but I think something I'm realizing is that even if you do feel imposter syndrome and you feel that you lack the skill sets by committing to yourself that you are willing to learn and grow and that even if you feel like you're lacking that you'll compensate for that or you can always improve and develop on yourself I think committing you're telling yourself that you're going to commit to improving and working on that definitely helps so and I think that was what drove me, at least um, for the situation I mentioned about um, high school or high school um, program. Um, in the first year, I believe in grade nine, um, I think within like the first month or two, I got a pretty good feel for the environment that I was in and how academically focused and oriented everybody was. And so I think adaptability is really important. You know, because sometimes we can't always control imposter syndrome. You know, sometimes if we feel something, it's not necessarily in our control, which is why I think within the first month or two, when I realized that everything was very um, academically charged, I realized that I had to pick something up. Like I had, I had to get better at studying. I had to, you know, start focusing on my grades more. I've realized that I had to, you know, reach out for help if I needed it because I did need help in the beginning. Um, my, my foundational skills coming in weren't that good. And one very specific example, but one that I think maybe you'll resonate with or not, is um, we had a grade nine French class and IB French is known that you have to take French. At least our school had that you had to take French four years. And my French entering um, my high school program was not the best. I learned, for those of you who know French, there I learned like one tense, and that was the present tense, and I knew nothing else. And I walked in and there were people who were having fluent conversations in French. The imposter syndrome was real. I did not have a clue how I was going to get on that level. Um, And it took a lot of work. It took a lot of me putting in extra time and effort to try to improve my skill sets. And I think the imposter syndrome in that case may have been legitimate, like as I did I may have lacked the skills, but I think where imposter syndrome comes in this was thinking that I was inferior. So even though my skill sets were lacking compared to those people, the imposter syndrome was me believing that I wasn't capable of reaching that level. And so I think to overcome that, I just, I made a focus and a priority to dedicate my time to, I guess, growing and expanding myself. And I think with that, that helped a lot with proving to myself that I can do it if I'm put in a situation 
where I feel like I'm not worth it or I'm not capable or competent of being here. So yeah, I think that just committing to yourself that you're willing to overcome any challenge that's that's like thrown at you is definitely something that I think would help for, you know, any given situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do echo that a lot in having that growth mindset and really like sometimes if you're really stuck in a position where you're feeling very incompetent and feel like you don't really belong here, sometimes that discourages you to like really put yourself out there and try. So in those cases, kind of take a step back and gain more clarity into your own situation and your own values and why you want to be here and what what this challenge may mean for you and really reframe that situation might really help you to like develop more of a growth mindset and um, I guess like really improve your own situation or your own skill sets to be at the level where you think everyone else is like. Yeah, and I think one more thing is that in the process of even just when you get to the stage that you are, sometimes even then, even when you do have the skills and can be on the same level as everyone else, there is still that like imposter syndrome that creeps up on you. I feel like that's sometimes caused by when you're learning something, there is always going to be a learning curve. And initially, it's always going to be difficult. But once you kind of climb again, I reached the top bit of the of the learning curve where it dies down a bit, you realize, oh, what I learned was easy, or I understand this. And so you feel a little more at ease at your knowledge. And at the same time, feel that you were supposed to understand this because it's easy for you. Because like, it wasn't really hard, difficult to learn. So it mustn't, it must not have been hard for everyone else. Yeah. So whenever you really struggle in a situation, you really f- feel like put down and feel like you're not really competent enough to learn a certain skill. But once you reach the top, you also don't really give yourself enough credit that you have like accomplished all of these. So that overall really just like there's that imposter syndrome loophole where you're not really aware of your own like skill and your own achievements. Mm -hmm. And like, it's really necessary for you to reward yourself and really recognize that like, these are all these things that you've accomplished and you should be proud of that. Even though it might feel easy right now, when you were at that bottom of the learning curve when you were just starting out, there was a lot of challenges that you faced and that's okay. You got through it and you worked very hard to get through it. So giving yourself the credit when deserved and similar to just our introduction to the video, I think that's very important, especially when it comes to future experiences where once again, you're at the bottom of a new learning curve. Yeah. It's good to reflect on your earlier experiences you really had that difficulty and think, okay, no, I've gotten through this before. So one, I am able to like be who I want to be and kind of get myself in a level that um, where I want to be at. And second, even once I get there, I am going to know all these things that I've experienced and really give myself credit for it. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. And I think, like you said, like giving yourself credit for it and also the confidence in yourself to be like, I can navigate an unknown situation and I can navigate a situation that I'm not familiar with and still manage to be proud of myself. And I think to add on to that, another important point 
which I think might help as well, which has helped me, I think, um, recently, is celebrating small wins. Um, I think before I was always hyper-focused and had a very odd sense of depth. My definition of success was very um, rigid. It was a very particular image of me doing very specific things that I thought were was what success looked like because I saw successful people do it. And I thought that their success has to be what my success looks like. And I realized, especially entering first year, and you're exposed to a much larger pool of people, your classmates, people in other faculties. And there are so many people doing so many different things. And they're all pursuing, um, you know, interests and hobbies and extracurriculars and leadership positions that are all so different and diverse and so good in their own way. Like, and I realized that there's really no way to equate one person's leadership experience with another person's leadership experience or one person's hobby with another person's hobby. Like it was simply a comparison of like apples to oranges. Like what's the basis? And I realized that each person's success really is going to look different for each individual. And I think when I realized that, that my success, which I deem to be maybe nothing, for instance, is actually success, but I'm not acknowledging that it is success, which is why I think celebrating small wins is so important because any path or any step that you're taking to improving yourself, to accomplishing something, to pushing past your barriers, to putting yourself out there, anything that falls within those categories, I think is something I started to acknowledge as a win. So maybe for instance, in the world of Zoom, um, if there was maybe like a, I don't know, like a club, maybe like some, I don't know, event going on that I maybe knew nobody there. Um, I would, just the fact that I entered the Zoom call and I said a few words, I would give myself credit for that. Like you went there, you put yourself out there. That's a check mark. And I realized when I reshaped my definition of what success looks like to me, like, so for example, you can tell from my um, example, for me, it was putting myself out there. I redefine my success as putting myself out there and meeting new people. And when I reframed that, I realized that I was partaking in more activities in, where I had to put myself out there. And I found it so interesting how there's a lot of, I don't know, throwback to one of our old podcast paradigms that we have where we kind of see things from a certain lens, but the second we change the lens, it changes what we do in response to changing that lens. And so I realized that, you know, as I started putting myself out there more, I felt more accomplished. I was like, oh, wow, this is so interesting. And I think that by, I mean, because we're speaking from the perspective of students, but by reframing our success away from the academics and maybe more into the other aspects that define ourselves as people, by strengthening those fields apart from academics, I think it helps build character and I think it helps build you as an individual. So even when you're an academic, you're in your academic world and maybe you're not the, you know, the person with the highest GPA or you're not the person doing the best in the course, you are confident in yourself as a human, as an individual that you are worthy because you are someone who is not just academics. You are someone who is good in these other fields, which you've strengthened. So I think that those small things that we often take for granted are especially important. And I think that falls also a little bit into gratitude as well, being just grateful for the smallest things that you have. And by giving value to those small things, it helps you to give value to the big things as well. It trains your mind to recognize the beauty and the importance of everything in your life. And I think when you kind of create everything into a bundle of, I am grateful for what I have, and you reach a point of self-acceptance in your situation, 
I think it really helps with like the overall feeling of thinking that you don't belong. I'd like to refer it back to how you were like in the very beginning where you thought, uh, were you like mentioned comparing yourself to other people and now kind of how now you're living for yourself and really achieving your own goals. So recognizing that like everyone's going to have like a different goal that they have in mind and everyone's going to have something that they're really like good in and something that really they're uniquely like passionate for or that a skill that like from their experiences that like they may be like have a strength and I think that makes sense like a strength like everyone's going to have their own strengths right I'm trying to say and so recognizing what your own strength is and which things you want to work work towards and really do that for yourself and not, not really let any other exterior like influences really change that track that you're in that growing process that you're currently partaking in I feel like that's very important in first of all your your personal success and how much you're improving into that aspect of it and secondly just feeling less like hindered by this imposter syndrome where you kind of get when you're comparing yourself to someone else so I think um like yeah your experience was um that respect really I think I really echo that a lot where I'm also myself trying to focus more on like what I really want and less being compared to like what other people might like being afraid of what other people might think of me and knowing that there is something that I can uniquely offer especially like talking saying in a group project where okay I might feel like maybe other people are very very good at communication and in that sense there might be an imposter syndrome that dawns on me that feels like I can't really verbally contribute as much as the other people, which make me feel like, like I'm not really contributing to this group. Um, but also knowing, recognizing that there's a lot of things I can offer that people have different experiences, values, and like perspectives. And it's this diversity of skills and strength that really makes a group like what, what it is. And so recognizing that and making sure you're growing for yourself, I feel like that's very important. Um, yeah, so I think that kind of gives an overall kind of a summary of what we've experienced with imposter syndrome and how we've learned to deal with it now and how we're still dealing with it in our like day-to-day -day lives. So maybe we can just end with some advice or some like the things that we've learned that we can take out of this either to our viewers or to our future uh, to our future selves as we may experience or be in a situation where we experience self-doubt and all these good good things yeah I think like you touched upon a really important topic which is we each have different things that we bring to the table um you know as individuals our biggest asset is that you know all of us are different no one is the same and I think that um by recognizing that each person has very unique qualities that are very specific to them and enhancing it, accepting it and leveraging that, I think are important ways to come across the feeling that you don't match the desired skill sets of whatever group that you're a part of. So like if you're part of a technical group, if you're part of something in school, 
if you're part of maybe like a, a group in work, for example, whatever it may be, um, I think accepting that you can bring a different skill set to the team will allow you to recognize that you are valuable in your position where you are and that you deserve to be there because you offer a very unique skill set that nobody else offers. And I think, um, I think, like I mentioned before, gratitude and acceptance is really important. I think I talked about this actually with um, Ginny Casually one day, but I told her that over the quarantine, as a matter of fact, I started um, like a gratitude journal where, you know, every day I would try to write at least three things that I was grateful for. And this could be obviously more specific to maybe like a job or a position that you feel like you're um, like you're experiencing imposter syndrome with. So for example, if you're part of maybe like a club exec, like you're maybe you're the executive of a cup of a club and you feel like you don't deserve to be there, you could be maybe thankful for certain like traits and qualities that you have. And I think by making it very clear to yourself what you're grateful for, what you possess that makes you unique, by acknowledging that, I think that would definitely help with, you know, feeling that you don't match or you don't fit in because I think we're all made to stand out as cliche as that sounds, but um, it will help with the feeling that uh, of you trying to compare your, you know, your basket of skills with another person's basket of skills. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. It also really good way of like actively making sure you're performing that and keeping that in mind and you're like as you go on and as you experience things and just reflecting on things in general I feel like being aware it's a very important skill set to have um kind of as you're in you uh, in your self-development journey and yeah I think I'll just end this off with like something that was told to me over a seminar which is you are here for a reason and I'm sure everyone hears this a lot but trust me, you are here for a reason. And yeah, sometimes you just need to give yourself a bit of credit and be confident in your skills and know that once again, you are here for a reason. Yeah, I think that's a great way to end off the podcast. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, and yeah, signing off. Have a good evening. Have a good day. Have a good morning. Mm-hmm.